Welcome to Gateway Community Church, Webster, Texas. We're so glad you found us, and we hope this message helps you discover more about God and His unique plan for your life. Uh, say, I appreciate, if you were here before the service started, M- Mike had some nice things to say, um, but the truth is, the only truth in it was I, I went to Louisiana Tech for four years. <laughs> I'd love for this to be me, I guess, but uh, it's amazing what you can do with Photoshop. Um, Because here's the thing, my waist was never that small. (laughs) Never. Never. I don't think it was that small when I was a baby. (laughs) So anyway, I guess imitation is the the sincerest form of flattery, some say. I don't know. But uh, it was fun, and uh, that's what we want to do. Life with God is fun. It's not just all pounding on us. And we... Our hope and prayers as we go through this this event, this um, experience, this endeavor of transformed. That while yes, there will be God doing some amazing things uh, and, and a lot of transformation. There'll be there'll be fun and enjoyment and joy through the middle of it. And the cool thing is, as I was reminded earlier, this is our whole church from babies to children. To our students, our students are in here with us this morning instead of being down there because they're kicking it off with us. We're welcome students. We're glad y'all are here. Uh, and adults, this is our whole church is doing this. So we're glad y'all are here. We're here today on Super Bowl Sunday, the big game. Uh, two very good teams, though obviously I'm still pulling for our Texans. Yeah. I too think this guy got robbed. J.J. Watt, man, he was, he is, he's an animal, he's a, anyway, you know, I mean, who would have thought that in the week leading up to Super Bowl, the big news was the air pressure of a football and a non-responsive running back. I mean, that was the news this week in the biggest game of the year. Makes you wonder sometimes if our focus hasn't been placed in the wrong places, whether it's football or whether it's life. Because here's the thing, these two teams that are going to be lining up this afternoon to play this game did not accidentally end up in the football game, in the Super Bowl. They they didn't get lucky. Now, granted, there may have been a few lucky plays through the course of the year and even in the playoffs, but ultimately, these are teams that had an intentional goal set to, to... to win the Super Bowl from the beginning of the year, and they put all of their effort, all of their energy, all of their plans in to do that, and knowing that it is an incredible honor, incredible victory to win this game that brings the men on the team and the team and the city prestige, honor, fame, even fortune. But as good as that is, and it is good, it's one game in one year. And the challenge of becoming and being a follower of Jesus Christ and devoting ourselves to live for him each day, every day, not just when it's convenient, to live for him each and every day leads to real victory in this life and victory in the life to come. The Bible says in 1 Timothy, train yourself to be godly. Physical training is good. But training for godliness is much better, promising benefits in this life and in the life to come. Now, admittedly, 
you have to decide whether you believe that or not, whether you buy into that kind of a statement. Do you believe what God says through the Bible? And I, I can't make you make that decision. But if you do, if you have some sense that it is true, then doing whatever it takes to allow God to work in your life through training for godliness is worth it. It's, it's worth everything. Because it's not just a game. It's not just something that five years from now, you probably will not even remember who played in this game, much less the score. But you will remember if you are one of those persons baptized. You will remember if God has changed your life. You will remember if he has been transforming you and doing more and more in and through you. And so to help all of us accomplish this, we've partnered with Rick Warren and Saddleback Church to spend the next couple of months leading up to Easter training for godliness, to be transformed by the grace of God. And, and the basis of this series and, and our, our next two months is this verse, Romans 12, 2. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Let's set, read this with me. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Guys, why is that important? It's because you are a unique creation. And by you, I don't mean people in general. I'm saying you in the singular. I'm saying you to each one of you in here. Whether you're five or 95, or anywhere in between. And because you are unique, God does not want you to conform to everyone else around you, to try to be like anybody else, or to get caught up in the values and the pursuits of this world, which often push us into their molds, because a lot of times it's what we've grown up with, it's all we know, all we've seen maybe up to this point, and often they may seem good in the short term. But God, who created us, who had a plan for your life and mine from the beginning of time, says training for godliness is so much better, promising benefits in this life and in the life to come. I, I tell you, to me, that's a win-win deal. That's a win-win. I don't care which team you're pulling for. It's a win provided you go for it. You give it your all. You, you, you say, this is worth it. This is important. This matters to me. And not allow it just to flow along. I guarantee you, neither the Seahawks nor the Patriots are in the Super Bowl this afternoon by accident. It was, they weren't lucky. Not that lucky. They weren't in the right place at the right time. They are there. Because they set goals and they worked hard. Even when adversity hit, when things got in their way, when there were times both teams, people didn't give them a chance this last year to, to carry on. We thought it was over. There was even talk here in Houston that somebody might work up a trade for us to get Tom Brady. Because he was, he was flunking out. Believe it or not. So, we got to realize that just as they didn't get there by accident, we can't get to where God wants us to be by accident. 
We have to start thinking differently with the help of God. And and let me just think about this for a moment, especially if this hasn't been a part of your life. Is it just possible that that we don't know what we don't know unless God helps us? If there are things you haven't tried, if there are areas you haven't pushed yourself in, if you haven't stepped across some line in your faith journey, is it possible that you don't know what you don't know and that you can't know unless you take the steps to know? See, God wants to transform you, me, every single one of us in this room, in this church, in this community, in this world. And he wants to transform us in every area of our lives. So over the next two months, we're going to be looking at how you and I can be transformed spiritually, physically, mentally, emotionally, relationally, financially, vocationally, as to how we use our lives. And the Bible tells us God transforms us, that scripture says, through the renewing of our minds. It means we have to, we have to learn some new ways of looking at these areas of our lives that we've gotten used to seeing it in a certain way, to make new choices that lead us to the life that God has created us for. All of us learn in different ways. No two of us have this exact same learning style, learning techniques, whatever. But we know that the more new thinking, new learning is reinforced, the more we, we come at it in different ways, the more we retain, the more likely we are then to be positioned so God can transform us. So we're not gonna just have sermons. We have sermons with notes. Why? Because studies have shown you will retain two to three times more if you take notes. School teachers, any of you agree with that? Your students? There are are a couple of outliers in there. I know there are a couple of exceptions, but by and large, for most of us, that's the case. And so we we do that. We have pre-printed notes. Or get the journal, and there's a place in here for you to put the notes from Sunday's sermon or write your own notes. We're also encouraging you to be in a small group because God works through you, the person next to you. God works through the people around you. And and in those small groups, we'll be watching videos of Rick Warren on each of the topics based on what I talk about on Sunday. They will be complimentary. They will not be the same. And it'll be an opportunity to hear and see it differently. And again, take some notes in your journal. There'll, have, there'll be discussions in those groups as you listen to each other. And, and to multiply that influence then in, in your journal, and I want to really encourage you to get this, in your journal there are readings for every day of this, ex, this experience. There's one page to read and a page just write some reflections. Why? Because out of sight, out of mind. Every day that you turn and you focus on God will be a day that becomes different because you've allowed him into your life. You've said, you are Lord of my life. You are master. And so I give you today. I don't know about tomorrow, what will happen tomorrow. But if I start my day with you, there is a better chance I will live my day for you. And there are not, there are not exceptions to that. All of us, we leak. We forget. Stuff drifts away. All of us need continual reinforcement. And, and that's a part of this, to continue to, to reinforce it. And then each week, a, a scripture verse to memorize. All of this to renew our minds to help reinforce what God says, not what Randy says, what God says and how God will work in that to then, therefore, transform you and me. 
But to take it one step further, we're going to encourage you then in each of these areas as we go through this to set three-month goals in, in each of the seven areas starting next Sunday. Nothing happens this week. It all starts, groups start beginning next Sunday. The readings start next Sunday. The messages directly related to the topics start next Sunday. All this is just setting, setting it up. And, but it's goals because... Goals are, are really important for our spiritual lives, just as they are to, to Super Bowl teams, just as they are to businesses, to clubs, whatever. And so I want to spend a few minutes looking at why the Bible says goal setting makes a difference. And the first reason is this. Goal setting is a spiritual responsibility. It's a responsibility. God has always himself set goals. He has goals for the universe, for our world, for, for history, for you personally. Listen to what the Apostle Paul said in Philippians chapter 3. He said, it's not that I have already reached this goal or have already been perfected, but I pursue it. In other words, I'm really going after this. So that I may grab hold of it because Christ grabbed hold of me for just this reason. Why do I go after it? Because Christ has gone after me, sought me out for this. I was made for this. I was made for this relationship with him. He says, brothers and sisters, I myself don't think I've reached it, but I do this one thing. I forget about the things behind me. In other words, put behind us your failures. Put behind us our guilt. Put behind us someone else's expectations. Paul says to put those things behind us. And then he says, and reach out for the things ahead of us. To focus instead on where God is leading me, what his goals are for my life. It says, the goal I pursue is the prize of God's upward call in Christ Jesus. In other words, that's kind of how we think of heaven sometimes. We think of it as being above. So aim toward heaven. So all of us who are spiritually mature should think this way, or as our mission statement says, to be a fully devoted follower of Christ. The Bible has a number of different ways to talk about spiritual maturity or becoming more like Christ or what we were created to be. But regardless of the language, it's what full devotion looks like. It's not part-time. It's 24-7 of pursuing God, pursuing God's goals, for my life and my ministry. And then Paul says, and if anyone thinks differently, God will reveal it to him or her. And some of you do think that differently. Some of you don't see it that way. But in fact, could he in this very minute be doing exactly what he says in Scripture, revealing to you that you perhaps think differently than what God has intended for you. That perhaps, not because I'm smart, but because God is and his Holy Spirit is at work in you, he is saying to you, hey, listen, I'm telling you something different, that you've been pursuing goals that will never ultimately fulfill you, that do not have eternal value or merit. Setting goals is a spiritual responsibility. Rick Warren writes, you're going to go through life either by design or by default. He says, you're either going to set goals and you're going to decide what's important for your life or other people are going to decide it for you. Without goals, you and I are just reacting to whatever is going on. And that's why setting goals is such an important spiritual discipline. The Bible says this is how people who are spiritually mature 
or who are striving to become fully devoted followers of Christ, this is how they live their lives. If, if you say, I haven't arrived there. Okay, what does it look like to arrive there? Well, one of the things you do is you set goals in your spiritual journey and you go after them. And that may be the step that today you need to take. Second, goals are statements of faith. A lot of times people think, man, goals, that's what business does. That's, that's something athletes do. But this is a spiritual habit you need to develop. It is, it's a statement of faith. If you are a follower of Jesus Christ, as you try to discern God's will for your life, where is he leading you? You're going to begin to sense there are things he's calling you to do. And let me just be honest, not all of them are going to be convenient. Not all of them are going to fit right now with the way you've been leading your life. Not all of them are going to be easy. They won't be. I mean, I'm telling you that right now. But are you choosing in the midst of that to act in faith based on God's word and the leading of the spirit? Does, does God call us to worship him? Does he call us to learn about him, to spend time with him, to trust him with our time, talent, and treasure? If you believe those things as they are found in Scripture, then we set goals to demonstrate that, to live that out, whether it's what we give or where we volunteer or how we love those around us, that even sometimes it's a challenge because faith is not simply good intentions. There are a lot of us have great intentions, but we have hardly ever acted on them. Faith is belief lived out through your actions and mine. If you don't live it out, it's not faith. It's not. It's a thought. Goals help us align with God to take the steps we have to take to move on the path he has laid out for us. And, and we do that grabbing it on as a statement of faith that we trust God. In spite of what things around us may say. Yet goals are more than statements of faith because they stretch our faith. In Hebrews 11, it says, it is impossible to please God without faith. If you don't have any goals, you don't need any faith. And, and if you don't need any faith, then you cannot please God. The Bible says it's impossible. Romans 14 says, what does, whatever does not proceed from faith is sin. Or the way the message puts it, if the way you live isn't consistent with what you believe, then it's wrong. If you say Jesus is the Lord of my life, and yet you almost never obey the things that are clear in Scripture, then the Bible says it's sin. It's wrong. If the way I live Monday through Friday isn't what I say in here on Sunday, then the Bible, God's Word, says that's sin. That's wrong. If I'm going to go through life without goals and not take any risks, if I don't take any risks, I don't need any faith. No risk, no faith. And that's important for us to realize. And, and, and I can't please God without faith. I mean, that's what the Bible says. And so, what we're calling you to is to take some risks over these next several weeks to push you beyond your comfort zone to say, there's some things that I need to try, that I need to step into, that I need to do that I have never done before because my mind perhaps has been conformed to the world around me. I have 
thought those thoughts and bought into them. And now I am saying that I want to be transformed. I want to be renewed. I want to change the way I think. And that doesn't just happen. Do you want God to do that in your life? You're the only person that can answer that for you. I can't do it for you. I cannot live your faith. I can only live mine. And so the question is, are you going to? Is it something that matters? Are you willing to risk to live by faith by setting goals that, that push you to, to trust him, to trust him to transform you through whatever happens? And, and I, I, it's, it's a work in my life, just like it is for all of us. It, it's not, it's not, I'm not there yet. But, but I, I try to trust God because I believe he created me. He set all of this in motion. He, he, he saw my life, your life, from the beginning of time, and he has a plan for me. And as I live by faith and, and push through to trust him, he transforms me more and more into the image and likeness of his son so that someday when I meet him face to face, I will see him as he is, for I will be like him. That's what it says in 1 John. Ephesians says, God can do anything. Far more than you could ever imagine or guess or request in your wildest dreams. Guys, there is nothing that can derail God. Now, now just think about that for a moment. There is nothing that can derail God. The challenge for you and me is not to just say we believe it, but to live like we do. Listen. Don't ever be afraid to go out on a limb because it's out on the limb where the fruit is, right? It's out on the limb. If it isn't at the, it isn't at the trunk, it, we don't get fruit by playing it safe. We go out on the limb. Goals are statements of faith and tools that God uses to stretch our faith. And then third this morning, goals focus my energy. Goals keep me from wasting my time, from spreading myself too thin. I can't do it all. Rick Warren says focus is the key to an effective life. The more I focus, the more powerful it is, the more effective I can be in living out what God has called me to do. It's kind of like light. If I had a a light, just a simple light bulb here, and it was turned on, we could see it, but it would be fairly diffuse. And if I got very far from it, I would have a hard time reading or seeing very much of it. But then... If I put a cylinder around it, if I focus the light through a lamp, I can see much more, more clearly. It has more power. And, and if I take it a step further, like, for instance, I grew up in Louisiana. That's why it says Louisiana Tech. Up there. Any, do we have any bulldogs in here? Just not a one. Man. Oh, wait, did somebody point a finger? There's somebody over. Oh, man. I knew I loved you, James. All right, that's, that's, where, that's where Duck Dynasty went, by the way. That's another story. <laughs> um, here's the thing. Louisiana's like Houston. It's hot most of the year, okay? But, but growing up, I never walked around and saw stuff bursting into flames. However, when I got a magnifying glass, I could see leaves and bugs bursting into flames. Why? Because I used a magnifying glass to take the light and focus it 
even more sharply. And today we know that if you take it and sharp it and, co- and co- align it even more, you create a laser, and a laser can, in many cases, burn through steel. There is power in a focused life and goals focus my energy. But, but the problem is I get distracted. There's so much going on. There's so much happening. I start chasing after trivial stuff. You know, I remember early on when I discovered the internet, I would go and I would click on a link and I would go there and, boy, there's another link. I'm going to click on it. Where does it go? I'm going to click on it. Where does it go? And I would be there an hour and a half and accomplish nothing. Anybody been there? Can you say Squirrel. God created you to do great things, to accomplish amazing things, to invest your life in things that really matter. And the greatest thing that you can invest in are those that outlast you, transformed lives, yours and others. You you don't have to do everything. In fact, you can't. And what's more, God doesn't want you to. The key to being effective is for us to focus our lives on the things that matter the most, that make the biggest difference And don't bog down on the rest. Goals focus our lives. The Bible says, 1 Corinthians, so I do not run without a goal. I fight like a boxer who's hitting something, not just the air. Paul says he's not pretending. I'm not just boxing. I'm hitting something. Because every time I expend energy, I want it to count. And the same is true of our lives. They're too important, too valuable to waste. I guarantee those football players that are going to be on the field this afternoon, they are being used in the most valuable way they can. You, I, I, I will tell you right now, I, I guarantee you, you will not see Tom Brady on the defensive line trying to rush Russell Wilson. Okay, maybe that's a no-brainer. But w- why not? Because Tom Brady, while he might be able to do okay, that's not where he's best. And there are others who are much better at him. And so to be effective for that team to meet its goals, they are going to use their personnel where they are best. They're going to align themselves with their goals to accomplish the things that they do. You and I were created to live with purpose, to make a difference, to bring honor and glory to God, and goals focus our energy. So how do I know then, what are the right goals for me? Because not every goal is a good goal. The seven areas we're, we're looking at in this study over the next several weeks cover major areas of our lives, and each one of them is worth setting a goal in. Goals that that God is going to bless if they are God-honoring. So ask yourself these questions as you think about goals. First, will this goal honor God? A goal honoring God is more than just saying, I trust him. It's depending on him and and, and loving him more and loving others more and serving others more. It's doing the things that God has called us to do. First Corinthians says, for God bought you with a high price, so you must honor God with your body. If I'm using my body for self-serving reasons, for pleasure alone, is that of God? The Bible says in First Corinthians 10, when you eat or drink or do anything else, always do it to honor God. You can take the garbage out in a way that honors God. You can do your homework believe it or not, in a way that honors God. You can earn a paycheck in a way that honors God. How? By doing it with the right motives, out of gratitude. You say, well, why would I have gratitude about homework? (laughs) Because underlying that is a desire and an intent to help you learn, to be better equipped and better prepared for the world God has created you to live in. 
How can I live in a way that brings honor and glory to God by giving the goals he lays before me the best I can? First, 2 Corinthians 5 says we make it our goal to please him. Second question, is this goal motivated by love? When you set a goal for your health or for relationships or for your finances, ask yourself, is, am I motivated by love or am I motivated by greed or envy or guilt or, or anger or grudges or fear or an anxiety or ego or, or pride? God will not bless any of those motives. But when we set out a goal of love, God, I'm doing this because I love you and I love those around me. God's going to honor that. And, and life, ultimately, our lives, if you want to talk about spiritually mature, if you want to talk about becoming more and more like Jesus, if you want to talk about being a fully devoted follower of Christ, another way to say that is where love guides all my decisions. Love. Accepting someone for who they are and working for their good. That's the life you and I are called for. Corinthians says, do everything with love. Corinthians 14, let love be your highest goal. Love when it's hard. Love when they are unlovable. Because they will be. Because Jesus hung on the cross as they spit on him and they made fun of him and he loved them and said, Father, forgive them because they don't understand what they're doing. That's how Jesus lived. And honestly, that is how he's calling you and me to live as well. And you and I can't do that by ourselves. We need God's help. And that's why the third goal is asked, will this goal require me depending on God? Again, Hebrews says it is impossible to please God without faith. If your goal doesn't require faith, it's not going to be a goal that's pleasing to God. Why? Because if it's small, I can do it. If it's small, everybody's going to say, look how smart he is. Look how much good he did. But if somebody looks at me and they said, man, there's no way he could have done that. He's not that smart. He's not that good. He, he, he's not, he can't. How did it happen? Then they start asking a question. There must be something more going on here. Oh my gosh, maybe there really is a God. That is the kind of goal you need. A goal that causes other people to scratch their heads and look at you like you're crazy. Because then you're going to have to depend on God. And when you depend on God, God will come in and God will do. God may not do it the way you thought. God may not give you the results you expected. But God will honor your intentionality. God will honor your efforts. And God will do amazing things. So we have to come up with goals that, that require God's spirit to empower us, that, that are guided by the word of God, and that allow the people of God alongside me to support me in that. And so we're not just in this for the worship services, but we're, we're here for, for the daily devotions. We're here for the weekly times and groups. And so if you want God to transform your life, I want to tell you, you cannot take shortcuts here. It will only lead to short circuits. The Seattle Seahawks, the, the, the New England Patriots did not take shortcuts through their games. They didn't just waffle along. They didn't just goof off during the week. They worked hard. They were devoted. They focused on their goals. They did everything they could to help it come to pass. And that's why they're there today. Let me tell you, you and I are no different. So, 
Get this journal. Whether you're in a group or not, get the journal because it will give you a tool. A tool that you can use starting next Sunday either take notes or put your notes in here. A tool that will give you readings every day. A tool that will guide you. Bring it with you each Sunday along with your Bible or your mobile Bible app. And be here. That's, I'm, I'm, I'm serious. Be here. Even if, if for something takes you out of town, download the MP3. Not because I'm smart, okay? Not because somehow Randy's the greatest preacher in the world. I know better. But I don't have to be. All I have to do is be surrendered to God. And if I do that, God will speak. And that's what I'm praying for. And I hope you are too. Be in a group. Be in a group to give God the best opportunity to work in your life. Right now, some of you are thinking of a dozen reasons why you won't or can't. I know. I feel that way sometimes. Okay? Don't do that. That Remember how Brandon was standing up here this morning and said there, there are often two voices at work. There's the voice of God and there's a voice of, of, of Satan. Satan doesn't want you to take any steps today. Satan wants you to walk out of here and forget. Satan wants you to just say, that's a nice idea. And I'm with it in theory. And you will be a minion of Satan. Not intentionally. Maybe, but he will use that for his advantage. I am telling you, God is calling you to get involved. I, 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 I think this is one of the most significant experiences our church is going to have in its little over 20 years of history. I think it'll be one of the most life-changing, life-altering, significant experiences that we have done. Why? Not because not of me, not because I'm that smart, Because I think God is going to do some amazing things. And the only question is, will you let him do it in you? And I can't make that decision for you. And I can't take it for you. And I can't work it through in your life. There are no shortcuts, remember? Only short circuits when I try to do it the other way. And so we want to be praying about this. In fact, this Wednesday, we want it to be a day of prayer. Wherever you are today on Wednesday, pray. I'd say make every day a day of prayer, but especially on Wednesday. And if you're able to come up here, join us at 6 o'clock in the, in the uh, coffee shop. We're going to be having a concerted time of prayer, and we're going to prayer walk this whole facility because we want God to do this. We want God to work. We want you to experience what God can do, and only God can do. So be here every week. Get the journal. Be in a group. Memorize when we get to the scripture. Next week, the, the message is going to be how to get closer to God. And, and this morning, right after the service, we're going to be serving communion down on the Life Center is another thing. Jesus said to do this. Why? Sometimes I don't even know why. But he said, do it. And that is good enough for me. So we, we will be doing that. And if you need to talk to somebody about your faith or this journey, our prayer team's gonna be down here right outside those doors. Uh, you can sign up. If, if, for instance, you're uncomfortable going home and doing it online, if you're not sure you can manage, and I'm not always sure what I can do, if you think the, the, the notes there in your bulletin aren't clear enough, you go right out there and you do that. You join in. Because listen, here, here's the thing. The Seahawks, okay, they can't go out there this afternoon and try to play the Patriots game. Not going to work. 
The Patriots can't go out there this afternoon and play the Seahawks game. It's not going to work. Each of them has to be intentional to take the plans and goals that they have set out and to execute them the best they can. And I guarantee, yes, there will be some changes along the way. There will be some curves. There will be some things they have to change on the fly. But they will have a game plan. They already have a game plan, and they're going to try to play that out because they believe that's what will lead them to victory. Do you believe that you can craft a game plan to lead you to victory in Jesus Christ? That's the question. That's what's going to happen. Seattle is going to take the, 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 the Legion of Boom defense. They're going to take quarterback Russell Wilson, his ability to, to maneuver and, and make plays happen, and they're going to run their game. New England's going to take advantage of receivers like Rob Gronkowski, who was last night voted the um, comeback player of the year, and, and quarterback Tom Brady, who is the first quarterback to play in six Super Bowls when he plays tonight. And if he wins, he will be tied with... with uh, 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 Joe Montana and Terry Bradshaw for four wins, NFL record. That's how they're going to play their game. They're going to use their best. They're going to use their plans. And if following Jesus matters to you, then you need to also be intentional to train for godliness over these next several weeks, to give God every opportunity to transform you. Because it won't just happen. It never just happens. God set the stage, I believe, last week with 19 baptisms to start this year off. That is so cool. You go for it, okay? Don't, don't let anybody else talk you out of what God is saying to you. What God is saying to you. As high as the stakes are this evening, the eternal stakes in your life and in the lives that you influence, that you're going to be around for the next 20 or 50 or whatever number of years it is, those stakes are so much higher than any Super Bowl game, any. The Bible says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Heavenly Father, man, set us off on the right foot today, God. Send us out trusting you, committing to do what we have to do over these next weeks to be surrendered to you, to be therefore transformed by you. Because, Father, you, you created us, you know us, you love us, you know what is best for us. You don't want us to play anybody else's game plan. You have a game plan for each one of us that is the perfect game plan. Father, may we grab onto that. May we set goals to help that occur. And may we just go for it like nothing else we've ever done, trusting, knowing that you will see us through. We pray that, we ask that in the name of Jesus. Amen. God bless you. Go for it, guys. See you next week. To learn more about us, visit www.gateway-community.org. Welcome to your journey.